Welcome to Biblical Tapestry Season 6, Episode 24, A Study in the Book of Jeremiah. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. We interrupt this part two of the scroll, the pen and the penknife, to review what was in the scroll that the king will be reading that was so controversial. Today we'll be studying Jeremiah 25, verses 1 through 14. Jeremiah 25, starting in verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. For twenty-three years, from the thirteenth year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, the king of Judah, to this day, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened. You have neither listened nor inclined your ears to hear, although the Lord persistently sent to you all his servants, the prophets, saying, Turn now, every one of you, from his evil way and evil deeds, and dwell upon the land that the Lord has given to you and your fathers from old and forever. Do not go after other gods to serve and worship them, or provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. Then I will do you no harm. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed the words, behold, I will send for all the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and I will bring them against this land and its inhabitants and against all these surrounding nations. I will devote them to destruction and make them a horror, a hissing, and an everlasting desolation." Moreover, I will banish from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the grinding of the millstones and the light of the lamp. This whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Then after seventy years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, declares the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. And I will bring upon that land all the words that I have uttered against it, everything written in this book, which Jeremiah prophesied against all the nations. For many nations and great kings shall make slaves even of them, and I will recompense them according to their deeds and the work of their hands. Now chapter 25 is getting to be the halfway mark through the book of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, to this point, had served for 23 years as the voice of God to the people of Judah. Now, chronologically, we are still in year 605 B.C., the year that Nebuchadnezzar would defeat Egypt, and King Jehoiakim, who was installed by Egypt, this would be his fourth year of his reign. In these verses in chapter 25, we see an introduction written, most likely, on the scroll that is about to be read to the king, setting the stage for the dramatic reading to the king of Judah in the scroll, the pen and the penknife, part two, which will be next episode. Back to verse one. 
the word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Jeremiah's prophecies in this chapter are carefully dated. This was the year that Babylon defeated Egypt at the Battle of Karshemish, and now King Jehoiakim, an installed vassal of Egypt, sees that his loyalties might need to change, and he switches his loyalty to the new power of Babylon. This is the same year that Jeremiah dictated his messages to Baruch to be written in a scroll that in our next episode will be read to King Jehoiakim. So we'll continue with that introduction in verse 2, which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, verse 3, for 23 years from the 13th year of Josiah the king of Amnon, king of Judah, to this day the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened. This is addressed to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. For 23 years from the time of Josiah to the current time, Jeremiah had warned the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem that judgment was coming, and God wanted his people to repent and return to him and stop worshiping idols. But notice the result of this persistent preaching. No one listened. Again, this is 23 years of persistent warnings that have gone unheard and ignored. Well, how long would you have stuck with that message? Verse 4. You have neither listened nor inclined your ears to hear, although the Lord persistently sent to you all his servants, the prophets, saying, Turn now, every one of you, from his evil way and evil deeds, and dwell upon the land that the Lord has given to you and your fathers from of old and forever. Do not go after other gods to serve and worship them or provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. Then I will do you no harm. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. There will be no opportunity that the people of Judah will have to shout that they have not been warned, that they had not been warned about the consequences of their faithless behavior. The message, this message, has been expressed to Israel from before they entered the promised land of Canaan. It came through Moses and Hosea and Isaiah and Micah and Nahum and Zephaniah and Habakkuk. The message was almost always the same. Put away your gods and evil practices and God will not punish you. But Israel ignored the warnings, preferring to do whatever they, whatever thing they wanted to and discounted the fact that continued disobedience was going to bring disaster. Verse 8. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, behold, I will send for all the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant. Now bring them against this land and its inhabitants, and against all these surrounding nations. I will devote them to destruction, and make them a horror, a hissing, and an everlasting desolation. Because of this disobedience, God is calling He's calling in the tribes of the north, not a party invitation that you would want to be part of. They will align themselves against Judah. 
What is there about this evil pagan king that comes from Babylon that God calls him his servant in verse 9? Well, this is a clear reminder of God's sovereignty that he can use any person to accomplish his purposes, whether that person unwittingly or intentionally served him. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 9, verse 14, What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whom he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. Nebuchadnezzar will be the instrument of judgment by whom God will completely destroy Judah. The term used here in Hebrew is olem, meaning a perpetual desolation. However, it can also be an indefinite period of time, as Jerusalem stands today. Judgment was coming, but God intended to bring his people back after 70 years. And during the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, there was a vast spiritual awakening, which revived a love for God's word among his people. The very intent of the destruction at the time of Jeremiah was to bring the people back to God. Verse 10, Moreover, I will banish from them the voice of mirth, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, the grinding of the millstones, and the light of the lamp. The happy sounds related to life in Judah will be replaced by an oppressive silence and darkness. The willful rejection of God's word is bringing utter destruction. Verse 11, This whole land shall become a ruin and a waste, and these nations shall serve the king of Babylon seventy years. Now scholars disagree about what are the years that make up the seventy, from what date to what date. It could be a period of time between the fall of Jerusalem to the rebuilding of the second temple, which was 587 to 516, or perhaps from the establishment of the Babylonian Empire, in 605 B.C. to the year the first exiles returned home in 536. But because trying to make the literal time frame to fit exactly, some scholars prefer to look at the 70 years as figuratively or symbolic. I think it's quite literal, but most scholars see that these 70 years is a round number. And we know that Daniel was reading Jeremiah's writings about this in Daniel 9. We read in Daniel 9, verses 1 and 2, And the first year of Darius, the son of Asuras, by descent Amid, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely, seventy years. And Daniel begins to pray for the reestablishment of Jerusalem and the temple and Cyrus being part of the Babylonian uh, or the Persian Mede Empire begins to send them back. Verse 12 
Then after 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity, declares the Lord, making the land an everlasting waste. Well, this announcement must have been a little puzzling to the Judeans. God was going to use Babylon to reset the nation that he was that was rejecting him. However, that pagan nation that was going to do this would also be punished for their sins. The Babylonian Empire, so dominant and massive, would only last 70 years. They would be destroyed by the Persians and Medes, and Babylon would fall in one day. No other ancient empire of similar power lasted such a short time. This was God's plan at work. Verse 13. I will bring upon that land all the words that I have uttered against it, everything written in this book which Jeremiah prophesied against all the nations. God will accomplish all the warnings prophesied by Jeremiah written in a scroll that will soon, in the next episode, (laughs) I promise, become a central role in the final act of Jerusalem and in its monarchy. Verse 14. For many nations and great kings shall make slaves even of them, and I will recompense them according to their deeds and the work of their hands. Babylon itself will be subjected or subjugated to many nations, including the coalition of the Medes and Persians, in 539 BC. The name Babylon will become the personification of evil in the New Testament, likely because of the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, the most egregious act to the Hebrew people. In our next episode 25, we'll return to chapter 36, where the scroll that had much of the introduction we studied today will be read to King Jehoiakim. King Jehoiakim then seals his and the nation's fate by his response to the words of God and the scroll Baruch wrote from Jeremiah's dictation. I encourage you to please like and share this podcast. If you have learned something new about God's word, may God bless you this day.